0: Hey, everybody, it's Ron Johnson, and this is the Ron Johnson Show on Locked On Sports Minnesota. I don't know how many people are into the mafia movies like The Godfather, you know, and you think about Scarface. Well, the Vikings made a call to Tommy DeVito, and they said, we need you to take care of a guy. Tommy DeVito said, I'll take care of it. Just pay me in cutlets. We'll talk about that. Tommy DeVito, starting quarterback for the Giants, did something for the Vikings that the Vikings requested, and it was taken care of. What implications does that mean and how does this help the Vikings out long-term? We'll talk about that and much more coming up on the Ron Johnson Show.
2: Locked on Sports Minnesota Podcast. It's endless Minnesota Vikings talk with the diverse voices of your local experts. Now the Ron Johnson Show. On the field, in the broadcast booth, Ron Johnson is Minnesota sports. He's played with them, hung out with them, and grown up with all the big names in Minnesota sports. They're hanging out with Ron Johnson. It's the Ron Johnson Show on the Locked On Sports Minnesota podcast. And it starts now.
0: Hey, everybody, I'm Ron Johnson. This is the Ron Johnson Show, or Ron Johnson Show on Locked On Sports, Minnesota, the Locked On Podcast Network. Today's episode is brought to you by FanDuel. Make every moment more. Right now, new customers get $150 in bonus bets. That's $150 in bonus bets with any winning $5 money line bet. That's $150, people, $150. Yes, not your money, their money. If your team wins, you get it out. All you have to do is make a $5 bet. $5 bet on anybody that could win. It doesn't have to be your team. Maybe take the anybody versus the Panthers. Anybody versus the Panthers probably gets you that 150 bucks people. Trust me. The Panthers are one in 12. Try it. Visit fanduelcom backslash locked on to get started today. Well, today's show We got Hall of Famer Chris Carter, wide receiver for the Minnesota, former wide receiver for the Minnesota Vikings, join us. He's going to talk about Justin Jefferson. He's going to talk about these quarterbacks, Josh Jobs and Nick Mullins. He's going to talk about where he stands in the history, the annals of Minnesota Vikings history compared to Justin Jefferson. So you don't want to miss that. That's coming up in the second segment, the Hanging Around Johnson segment. But we got to talk about the Giants, the Packers. The Bears, the Lions. I don't know if you guys know the song by Jasmine Sullivan. I'm not scared of lions and tigers and bears, but I'm scared of loving. Hey, Lions. We don't have any tigers in the NFL, but we do have bears. Let's put the Giants in there. You also have the Falcons, the Saints. It's a lot of teams. The Rams, the Seahawks. There's a lot of of animals. As I bring my uh, producer to the show, Sam Ekstrom, the reason I named all those teams, Sam, you know what those five teams have in common
2: are they all six and seven Ron?
0: they are all six <laughs> and seven ding 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 sam you get the bonus bets today uh yes those five teams sam are six and seven the giants to pay off the t's tommy devito and his agent they made the phone call that people are wondering I'm, I'm, I'm about to tweet that i just that just hit me who is he on the phone with he's on the phone with the minnesota vikings how much Forced to take this guy out for you because you couldn't do it, you didn't want to do it. So, how much to take out Jordan Love? And then the Vikings made him an offer and he couldn't refuse. Why? Because at the very end of the game, he had a chance, what minute 22, I think, Sam, and he became an absolute sniper, drove mm-hmm. him down the field for the game winning field goal. This guy, first or the first three starts as an undrafted rookie, hasn't been done. Uh, I just heard this stat uh, on on our partner uh, Dan Patrick show on NBC uh, Peacock. Um, I think he's the first like undrafted quarterback to win his first three starts or something like that, or first four start, I think three starts since uh, the guy's last name was Rupert was the quarterback. It was like 1987, maybe. Sean Payton, I think, was a quarterback at the time as well in the NFL. So that I think that I hope that wasn't just a joke that Dan and the Danettes like to tell. Uh, make sure we post this video for Dan and the Danettes to hear. Uh, but yeah, it was like Rupert Rupert, or Rupert was the quarterback. Mm-hmm. He did it. He was undrafted rookie. He won his first three starts. And uh, Sean Payton allegedly was a quarterback, I think, in 1987 as well. I think that's when it happened. So Tommy DeVito was doing things that have never been done uh, by a rookie since like 1987, undrafted rookie quarterback at that. And uh, what did that do for the Minnesota Vikings? It helped big time because the Packers now at six and seven instead of seven and six, are now a game and a half behind the Vikings. If the Vikings beat the Bengals, and if they beat the Packers, even if they beat the Packers and the Packers win their other three, the Packers can go three and four because they have easy ones. They have – we're looking for a money line bet, people. Bet Packers to beat the uh, the Panthers. There you go. There's your $5 money line guarantee. Packers will beat the Panthers. Uh, but you look at the Bucks. You look at the Panthers. You look at the Bears. Those are the three. The Bears probably will beat the Packers in the season as well. Um, but that is – Three easy games for the Packers. Vikings have to beat the Packers. And then they're in. Even, even the fact that they'll both have a nine and eight record, they're tied. But the Vikings will have an advantage because they would have beaten them twice. That puts the Vikings at the sixth seed. So, Sam, in this instance, the Vikings at the mm-hmm. sixth seed, they'll play probably the Lions again. But when you look at the Cowboys, because they have smoked some teams, the Eagles, as you told me, dropped down a fifth. Would you rather play the Cowboys
2: or the Lions? Great question because. While Dallas is smoking teams in their building, they've got one of the best home point differentials of all time. Mm -hmm. It's still Dak in the playoffs. It's still Dallas in the playoffs. Yep. And historically, that's a good thing. You want to play Dallas in the playoffs. However, this Detroit defense, man, they are leaky. They are in shambles. I mean, look at their last four games, five games. They gave up 38 to the Chargers, Hmm. snuck away with a win. They were down two scores against the Bears, snuck away with a win, uh, got beat by the Packers on Thanksgiving, went to the wire with the Saints last week. And these are not great teams that they're getting pushed to the brink because they can't stop anybody. And then the Bears got them on Sunday, scored 28 points against the Lions. So the last five games, Detroit's giving up uh, high 20s, low 30s per game. Yeah, That's that's a defense that I would like to face in the postseason um and I, I I guess I like our defense's chances of shutting down Jared Goff uh more than than shutting down Dak Prescott and all those weapons so I think I lean Detroit yeah I mean and again Detroit is going to Detroit they are going to lie in now you're right the,
0: the the Cowboys the last couple of years in the playoffs even going back to Tony Romo they've had some absolute meltdowns where people are like oh the Cowboys should win this game and they just they just pissed on their legs. Like they just have a, they have a moment of just like fear or bad calls. Uh, But you're right. When you look at these last five, the bears put up 28 points on them. The saints put up 20 points, 28 points on them. The lions again, put up 22 on them. And then the bears. So the bears put up 28 and 26 on the lions. They split one and one. The bears also split one and one with the Vikings. The Bears are a sneaky team that probably should have more wins than they have. But, of course, we know what happened with Justin Fields getting hurt. So maybe that changed it up a little bit, having to put uh, Bajan in. Who knows if, if Justin Fields plays the first game against the Vikings, if they don't lose that one uh, to the Bears. The Bears, you know, I think they they kind of feel like Justin Fields now. They know he probably is the guy. Uh, Drake May has declared. I don't know if Caleb Williams still has, but who knows what the Bears are going to do? The Panthers are doing everything they can to give the Bears two early first picks. So why not take Marvin Harrison Jr. and maybe take you know another good running back or a good defensive lineman in this draft or cornerback. Like There's a lot that they could do, trade one of those early picks for another two first-round picks. I mean, the Bears have a lot at their disposal, which, oh, my goodness, I wish the Vikings were in this situation, but they're not. But when you look at that defense, you're right, Sam. They are giving up a lot of points. Even though they won the game against the um, Saints, they scored 33, and the Saints scored 28. They beat the Bears. They scored 31. The Bears scored 26. They're giving up a bunch of points. Now, can the Vikings manufacture that many points? Because when you think about this offense and this team, and where they're going, and what's happened. Looking at these two quarterbacks, Sam, Josh Dobbs, mm-hmm. and uh, Nick Mullins. Nick Mullins in his first twelve starts, uh, or whatever, I think that's what they this, or seventeen maybe seventeen starts yeah. is what this stat was. I don't know if you saw this, but he has the same stats as Andrew Luck. Like Andrew Luck in his first seventeen starts mm-hmm. had like forty two hundred yards. Who else had forty two hundred yards in their first seventeen games? Mm-hmm. Nick Mullins, I think. Uh, uh luck had 25 touchdowns and this guy's had 24 nick mullins in his 17. so now this is his 18th start i need to look up what andrew looked in his 18th start um but that's where they're going with this that like that's where they are going with this they're trying to compare now <laughs> nick mullins to andrew luck's early success I don't know if Kevin O'Connell can get Andrew Luck type of numbers out of him. I don't know if he can get uh, Andrew Luck type of production out of him, but I do know he has the weapons. It sounds like Justin Jefferson is pointing in the direction of coming back, so it must be something pretty simple. Not simple, but it's going to hurt, but he's going to play through it, maybe shoot up those ribs, numb it up, and he'll be able to play. Um, Reaching up for the ball, we'll see, because who knows how low or how high that injury is. If it's low, he'll probably be fine to reach up. If it's higher, it probably hurts a little bit more to reach. So we'll see. But I did, I did not like the fact that he grabbed his back right away. But the good thing is he was able to walk off under his own power. Uh, they didn't have to carry him off, and he wasn't, like, slunched over. Or maybe he's just an absolute stud, and he was in complete pain, but he didn't want to show everybody. But when you look at those two quarterbacks, Sam, I had the idea of, like, let's play both. Just play them both. Like, come up with come up with situations where Josh Dobbs can use his legs, like we saw Tommy DeVito. Because watching Tommy DeVito last night versus the Packers showed me that against the Packers, the Vikings still need to use Josh Dobbs and let him run around a little bit. Like I think the Packers were success susceptible to a running quarterback. You saw Devontae Campbell constantly trying to cover and turn his back. Well, who's the guy unwatched? It's the quarterback. So you have a guy in Josh Dobbs that can do that. I don't know if Kevin O'Connell will go with the two-quarterback system. That's more of college, but I don't see why not when you see Taysom Hill do it for the Saints. Uh, Not to say the Saints are a great pitcher of success to look at, but they are almost probably in the playoffs. Like, the Packers just opened a door for everybody. For the NFC South to have two playoff teams, which is a gross, like, gross, gross problem in the NFL when the NFC South is the worst division, but they could get two teams in if they find a way. Like, if the Buccaneers find a way. Find a way to beat the Packers. They now put themselves back in the playoffs. So that's what's even crazier about this. Now the Bucs are like, oh, thanks, Giants. Now we play the Vi- We play the Packers? So Baker Mayfield's telling this team, hey, hey, guys, if we go out and win, we're in the playoffs. Like, that's literally where the Bucs are. And Antoine Winfield, he's a ptp Hey, this could be one of those games where Antoine Winfield's going to blitz the crap out of Jordan Love. We know the Bucks love to use him in that situation and create havoc. I feel like this is this could be the week. This could be the week where Vikings fans are like, "Oh, the Packers are back out the playoffs, and the Buccaneers are in it," which I would not. I would be okay with as well. Um, but Sam, what are your thoughts on this two quarterback system and who should get? Like, is Nick Mullins pullable? Like, do you play Nick Mullins, and if he's not good, you pull him and put Josh Dobbs
3: back in?
2: Yeah, I don't know if you can go back to Dobbs. I mean, I, do you go to Jaron Hall? Right? Is he in the mix? To be the new backup, it's very—it's a very interesting situation. But I think right. the Mullins is the guy. Um, Could you scheme up something where Dobbs could come in for a as you know, like a Taysom Hill role, like you said? Maybe, maybe that would be creative. I would applaud their efforts to do that. It seemed like they kind of went away from Dobbs using his mobility for whatever reason. I don't know if if o- o- O'Connell saw that tight end pitch against the Broncos where Dobbs got blown up and got nervous about running the quarterback. But right. it seemed like they kind of neutralized his legs for whatever reason. He didn't seem willing to run anymore and they didn't really roll him out as much. They didn't get him moving as much. And I think that was to his detriment. I I tend to think that Mullins is the guy going forward. I think mm. that he's going to be your choice. Um, and, do you go back to Dobbs if he struggles? That's a mm. tough call. Have we ever seen that before, Ron, where a coach has to do the switcheroo back to the original guy that he pulled? It's a weird situation. This is the fourth fourth different starter for the Vikings this year, Ron. Hall, Dobbs, Cousins, and now Mullins.
0: Yeah, it's like the, the quarterback uh, hokey pokey. You put your quarterback in, you take your quarterback out, you put (laughs) this quarterback in, and then you get them shaked all about. You do the hokey pokey and you get sacked and sacked and sacked. That's what it's all about? Probably not. So talking about the 18th start, Andrew Luck. This is going to be the 18th start for Nick Mullins. Andrew Luck's 18th start, Sam. He played against the Miami Dolphins, Sam. This happened in 2013. Second game of the season, 2013. They lost. Unfortunately, Sam, 20 Mm -hmm. to 24, but he was 25 for 43, 58% completions, 321 yards, Sam, 321 yards in his 18th start. I don't know. Would you take that from Nick Mullen's next four games?
2: I sure would. (laughs) I, uh, what, what the, uh, the stat doesn't tell you is how many interceptions luck had in his first 17 starts because I think Mullins is at like 20 plus, but it does look like it looks like luck actually threw a bunch of picks his first year. So maybe they're more similar than I thought. But yeah, the, the I'm looking at the exact tweet. Um, first 17 starts, Mullins 4,552 yards. Yep, there it is, 24 touchdowns. Luck 5,000 or sorry, 4,552 yards. The exact number, right? The exact number. Um and 25 passing touchdowns. That's that's pretty crazy, and I can't believe somebody hunted that down and found that exact stat.
0: <laughs> I mean, Sam, you know, people have nothing better to do sometimes. I'm looking yeah. at these inter- these interceptions. Uh, he threw 18, 19. So he threw 18 interceptions. So Andrew Luck threw 18 interceptions in his first 17. So basically, one point whatever that is, zero zero zero, some one per game. Is what he threw he threw 18 mm-hmm. interceptions in 17 games uh i don't know what nick mullins is thrown. we have to go back at that maybe we talk about that friday uh we bring that up when we think about now all of a sudden andrew luck and nick mullins are being mentioned but yeah the fact that the number is the exact same like again that that's got to be some type of parlay number you should be looking for people i don't know if there's a 45 something out there or you know if you want to see a, what pass it. so for 18th he threw 321 yards so if it's like hey Nick Mullins to throw for over or under 300 yards, Sam, which one would you take?
2: I'd still probably take the under, <laughs> but maybe I'm underestimating the man. He's, he, he throws decisively. He throws in rhythm. I just don't know if they're going to give him that many opportunities. If they can run the ball, they should run the ball. Maybe they we, can going run to the get,
0: ball, and We're going to get to Chris Carter. Chris Carter's coming up on the show. He's in the next segment. Uh, before we get to that, though, when, when, the one thing I did want to hit on, because Chris Carter made, makes a comment of this, uh, he, he and I kind of talked about this beforehand as well. It's like, where where do the stats come for this defense? And I don't know if people have looked, but the, uh, the Bengals defense, Sam, they're 31st in yards allowed per game. So this could be a, they've given up what, 379 yards, basically 380 yards on the, and and here's the thing. They're basically tied for the worst because the commanders have given up 30, 379.8 yards per game. And then the bangles are given a 379.2. So we're talking about 0.6 yards per game difference, like less than a yard difference. They're both the worst. Like, I don't think anybody's, they're not 31st. They are just tied for the worst. Like, I hate that point, whatever. Yeah, point six that could be like inches of the tush push. No, they are both the worst. So the Vikings are playing the worst defense in the NFL. Nick Mullins to start. Now the offense look good. You you know, you look at Jake Browning, another Vikings, former quarterback. So it's like the Vikings for the corner quarterback revenge tour. Um, but they are playing the worst. So the fact that the Vikings are going in to play the worst defense in the NFL as far as yards given up per game. I think that's going to vote well. Now, do they do they try to force turnovers? Yeah, and that's probably why they give up so many yards because they take chances and they're they're gambling. Uh, but this is the worst defense, so I've, I'm looking forward to seeing. Whether it's Josh Jobs or Nick Mullins, all signs point towards Nick Mullins. Um, it should be a good one, but we're going to talk to Chris Carter next on the Hanging Ron Johnson segment, and we'll do that after a word from our sponsors.
2: Weather's getting colder and the deals are just getting hotter at FanDuel. And as we've told you before, new customers can get one hundred and fifty dollars in bonus bets with any five dollar money line bet. So if you have confidence in Nick Andrew Luck Mullins to get the win against Cincinnati, five dollar money line bet on the Vikings and get one hundred fifty bucks in bonus bets straight to your account when the Vikings win. If you've wanted to join FanDuel, now is a great time because this is a great deal. And with those hundred and fifty, you can spread that out. On whatever you want, the spreads, the player props, the over-unders, and more, you have total control over how you play with those $150 in bonus bets. Visit FanDuel.com slash LockedOn, and uh,
1: bet the NFL. FanDuel is an official partner of the National Football League. This Locked On podcast is brought to you by Home Chef. Now that the novelty of the new year has dwindled down, how are your resolutions coming? One of mine was to order less, takeout, cook more at home, But I'll be honest, I haven't been consistent, that is, until I found Home Chef. Home Chef provides fresh ingredients and chef-designed recipes conveniently delivered to your doorstep to simplify the cooking experience and without robbing you of the joy of putting a dish together yourself. I'm Pescatarian, and they cater to a variety of dietary needs. I had this super refreshing ginger sesame salmon, a beautiful trout dish, and a super comforting
0: Now it's time for the Hanger Ron Johnson segment. Of course, uh, when, when anything receiver happens in the NFL, I got to go to my guy Chris Carter. Uh, he needs no introduction. One of the best receivers to ever do it. Uh, one of the you know top receivers to ever lace up the cleats. Chris Carter, thanks for joining me in the Hanger Ron Johnson segment. Hall of Fame wide receiver Chris Carter. I see you rocking the uh, Unreal uh, sweatshirt. I got mine on as well, man. Like yep. seeing those um my, my thoughts are now i don't know if you saw this late uh, the newest now the the unreal brand they partnered with the chiefs um the bears mm-hmm. and then i think it's the packers no 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 sorry the panthers the panthers the chiefs so those two i knew because you got adam thielen and then the chiefs mm-hmm. uh, The Vikings' former employees, his dad is one of the VPs of the Chiefs, so I knew that was going to happen. He's one of the models for Unreal. But then the Packers. So when you see Unreal doing that, I know it's a straight business move, Mm -hmm. uh, speaking of straight cash, homie. But, you know, for for Vikings fans, people are kind of now saying they're upset that they partner with the Packers, man. Like, (laughs) what what are are your thoughts on that?
3: Well, for one, we had it to ourselves for a little bit. Yep. And then now, because it's such a good product and good company, um, they really make good stuff. And it fits well. The fabrics they use are tremendous. So you know, I'm all about growth. So their ability to be able to span um in the NFL marketplace is phenomenal for them. They've done a great job. They deserve it.
0: Yeah. Um people when when Kevin when Kevin O'Connell decided to uh bring in Josh Dobbs, everybody was kind of like, hey, let's see what happens. And he 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 killed it. And everybody's like, okay, we can sign him to a long-term deal. Then he has a couple struggle games. Nick Mullins has to come in. They win a three nothing game. When you look at Kirk Cousins now, does what kind of value does this add to Kirk Cousins ability to negotiate a new contract with the Vikings?
3: I don't think the situation has changed one bit. Mm-hmm. Um, I think that when Josh jobs came, you know, people were very, very excited, but there's a reason why guys are back up in the NFL um, and not only a quarterback. The ability to be consistent week in and week out, that's what players struggle with, and especially backup quarterbacks. So I knew the struggle was going to come. Um, sometimes when you have a limited information and the game becomes reactionary, and he was able to use his athleticism to get himself out of a couple of pinches early the first couple of weeks. But if you look at the last couple of weeks, he hadn't been able to run too much. And they've taken away his ability to escape and run So that takes away some of his ability to make big plays. And if you look at the first, you know, eight quarters, ten quarters, he was playing. They wouldn't have been successful without his legs being involved. So now, defense have taken that away. They've adjusted, but it took some guts for coach to be able to bench him and to be able to pull out the win there in Las Vegas. So um, I'm really impressed with the coach and his ability to manage that position and be able to get the best out of it, even when guys aren't playing well. But for me, you know, Kirk Cousins, we have enough of a sample size in Kirk Cousins to know that what he can do, what he can't do. And if you don't have complementary pieces around him, you know, he's going to be marginalized just like any other quarterback.
0: Yeah, and if you were in Justin Jefferson's situation, uh, you decide, you know, he came back, hamstring looked good, healthy, uh, you know, moving fast, Runs an in-breaking route. We all know that. You can't get gator arms when you're going across the middle. You just got to man up, and it's going to happen. He takes a huge hit. Josh Jobs throws it a little high. Um, you know, everybody's calling for Josh Jobs' neck at that point because Justin Jefferson has to go off the field, and he's rushed to the hospital for just, you know, x-rays, make sure nothing else is bad. Uh, sounds like he's going to play Saturday. Unfortunately, it's not a Sunday game. He would have that extra day of rest, but now they're going to play Saturday versus the Bengals. Uh has to make a flight uh, with whatever's ailing that rib or that, that, that back. Um, uh, cause you saw reach for it, but as a receiver, when you see that happen, uh, in your mind, you know, do you get a little pissed at Josh Dobbs or are you just like, it's just part of the game?
3: Um, the, the high ball across the middle, that makes me different than everybody else. If you can do that on a regular basis, if you can get the quarterback comfortable doing it, um, you're going to be in an elite class if you can do it at a high level. So for me, that's the way, you know, I looked at it and being a bigger receiver, um, that's part of what I provide from a physicality standpoint to the team is being able to go and do that. So um, a guy like Brad Johnson would come up and apologize. Oh, Chris, man, I'm so sorry. I'd be like, hey, Brad, I'm glad you threw it high because now everyone knows it wasn't you, it was me. <laughs> so, <laughs> So I used to poke fun at him, but it's not the quarterback's fault. He's trying to deliver the ball. This one came a little high. Yeah. Um, But that's just something Justin Jefferson and and the fans, because we've been spoiled by him for so long. But um, I am going to tell you this in my first 200 games in the NFL, I only missed four games. Hmm. So Justin Jefferson missed five games already this year, (laughs) you know, so people making the comparison to him and Randy Moss and myself, like be careful, be careful. Like, Um, Eight straight Pro Bowls. uh, He won't be able to get that one either. Um, You know, this is tough to play this business at a high level. And I believe he'll get back healthy. Um, I believe he'll be back in the offense. But when you don't have continuity at quarterback and the wide receivers and practice time, you see the inconsistencies that we've seen in our passing game.
0: Yeah, and looking at the pieces around Justin Jefferson, because you know, you guys, Jake Reed, yourself, Randy Moss, three headed monster, uh, mm-hmm. best trio to ever play the game. Uh, people can say whatever they want about some of these new age trios. And I've seen you, you know, kind of look at it and comment about it. I saw Reggie Wayne, Marvin Harrison, you know, they're more of a duo. They had Brandon Stokely, but it's more Peyton Manning making those guys a three touchdown or 10 touchdown group for all three to get over 10 touchdowns. Um, because I've I've had that discussion with Reggie Wayne as well. But when you look at, you know, I mean, we've had the Adam Thielen, Stefan Diggs, there's been tons of them. But when you look at this group now and you see guys like K.J. Osborne uh, make some good catches, but then drop some easy ones. And they didn't really help Josh Jobs out much. You're in that locker room or on that sideline, you know, whether it's Hayden, this week of practice, what are you telling the guys that are dropping some of these easy balls? Like what kind of work are you trying to get them to get done this week? Well, I don't believe in
3: dropping the ball. Um Dennis Green used to teach that every drop pass is like a turnover. And he always made it a point to me that dropping the ball is very important because if people see you drop the ball, they'll think they can drop the ball. And I was like, Coach, I ain't going to drop the ball. He said, I know you're not because I'm going to make sure you don't drop it. And I don't want people being able to look at you and be like, oh, it's okay to be able to drop one. No, it's not. So, that's always been my philosophy. So um, I didn't like what I was seeing on Sunday. And if you're going to be a professional receiver, um, high draft pick, um, KJ Osborne, you're trying to step up from number three this year to being number two, and and you want to get paid money. These are the opportunities to be able to present your case. So I don't think um, that the wide receivers in Justin's, you know, missing. Mm-hmm. that they have done what they were supposed to do, and especially when you you start trying to get in the comparison to, you know, what we did right. as far as 3-D. Like, I don't think there'll ever be another third receiver that has four or 5,000-yard season, and that's who Jake Reed is. Right. Talk to Jake this week, too, and um, we're going to make him a, a, a trip to see a couple of Vikings games next, uh, next year together, but um, that was the constant pressure we put on each other, and if someone was ailed... We we planned on the other two to be able to step up to build fill the gap for that player.
0: Yeah, that's the guy I gotta get connected with next is Jake Reed. Cause yeah, like he was a guy, I remember being with the Gophers. Uh he was a guy I resonated with, you know, mm-hmm. tall, strong, yeah. uh, did the little things, the intangents, the blocking, um, and never complained. Like he was never a guy that complained. He was never a guy that end up in the media for for feeling a certain way. He would never Kadarius Tony the thing where if he doesn't get the ball, yep. he's over there pouting. Um, you know, he's a guy that that was just a consummate pro. And and my guess is honestly, I mean, that's probably being around you. I've I've been around you a bunch. You know, growing up, uh, I, you know, we've sat down at Larry Fitzgerald's house, had conversations mm-hmm. about what you did as a pro. You know, the wax in the hands, the rice, the the lotion, the gloves. I mean. <laughs> <laughs> like everything like like when i would talk to you i'd be like dang i didn't re- i didn't realize there was so much extra stuff that you could do as a pro man and so yeah. i i truly appreciate that because when i went on to coach uh with because you asked me i remember me like we worked out uh at Larry Fitzgerald's little camp deal with mm-hmm. brandon marshall you myself jerry rice he came in and, and i remember sitting there and you were asking me like ron what are you gonna do because i was i was leaving the bears I Was you know thinking about going to the arena league? I went to Canada and I you know and I was like, I don't know. And I, you know, and I think you know, and when Tony Dungy called me, I had all the tools that you had told me, like everything you had told me, yeah, I took to Indy to try to help Reggie out. And that's what Reggie, like the first thing Reggie asked me, and I told him, like, look, man, I'm gonna just tell you what Chris told me. And so that's why when Reggie posted the Hall of Fame stuff, I always joke. I was yep. like, Man, I only want one percent of the credit. Cause I was responsible for letting Reggie Wayne know when he looked tired. I was responsible for telling Reggie to do the extra stuff, man. Get some rest. Put your yeah. hands in that wax. Go grab some rice while you're just sitting here. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, because you would tell me all that little stuff you guys would do, and you know, you would challenge Re- Randy. You know, where like a lot of people wouldn't challenge Randy, yeah. and you would, you know, you. So I'm like, man, like that's the little part of the game. Uh, but but speaking about that time of the game, your time of the game. You look at the Lions. You look at the Packers, the Bears, black and blue division, way different, big hits brutal the Lions never seem to really get over the hump and now it seems like they're right on the cusp like they're right there but they're having these lion moments now like the the Lions I grew up with I'm starting to see it every once in a while where it's like why did not you guys win that game why did not you win this game but but talk about that you know some of your games uh back then versus the Lions
3: yeah we had great matchups um Herman Moore and myself still stay in contact with each other I see Barry Sanders all the time Um, they were really, really talented and, um, very, very explosive from an offensive standpoint. Yeah. I think Dan Campbell's done a great job there. Um, you know, a, you know, really hard nosed former NFL player in that spot who understands because, you know, he did a lot of it on grit. So understanding the fundamentals and knowing the game becomes very important. And that's the great makeup of a coach. Um, given his overall experience. And and they're a tough football team. Um, they got explosive players. Their offense has been revamped. They got a number of, of good athletes that are hard to match up with. The scheme they run with Jared Goff, um, it's going to test you sideline to sideline, goal line to goal line. And on the defensive standpoint, up front, mm-hmm. you know, they're good offensive line and defensive line. Like their overall physicality, Allows them to be in, in, in the elite class to battle the Philadelphia's, the San Francisco's. And I got a great deal of respect what they've done, too, from a personnel standpoint. Um, the personnel department's been totally revamped. Um, they're They're hitting on players they draft compared to missing annually like the way they used to do. So a lot of respect for what they're doing in Detroit with the product.
0: And I got a chance to talk to Pete Bursage. I mean, we talk every day because we, we do the Tuesday show together at the Minnesota Vikings facility. So I'll see Pete today. And last, I don't know if it was last week or the week before last, but I mentioned to Pete Bursage, you know, you and I had sat down once and he's like, yeah, man, you know, we talked about practice. He's like, yeah, because Chris used to have this thing where he would show up and, and Denny would make sure practice wasn't going to really get going. And Chris was out there like, hey, like you would kind of give Denny the word like, yep, everybody's out here. Let's go coach. We're ready to go. Um, you, were, you were a true leader in the locker room. So looking at this Vikings team, if you were to put yourself in that locker room, you're Justin Jefferson or whoever. You got Nick Mullins coming out here, most likely for this Bengals game. If you win the next four, you're for sure the three seed. If you win the next, I think, two out of four, you're for sure in the playoffs as the sixth mm-hmm. or the seventh seed. Uh, what kind and you have to you like the thing you have to beat the bangles you have to beat the bangles because that lions those lions games you don't know but you have to beat the bangles you have to beat the packers what kind of mindset and what kind of what kind of voice are you talking to the players you know even today they're getting treatment they're gonna be over there the day when we get there and then you know wednesday thursday getting on the road friday to go play a saturday game what what are you telling these guys to make them realize it's in our control right now
3: i'm telling them we really don't have any goals besides winning you know, all the individual stuff, we can't worry about that. But every game becomes important. So let's collectively, let's let our room be the difference maker. Mm-hmm. And um, I'm getting to the facility, and I'm sitting down with the coaches. I'm going over the game plan, and I'm letting the quarterback know, you know, the things th- that we like to do and um, listening to the things that he likes to do. And then once I hear the things he likes to do, I communicate that to our group. Okay, guys, we're going to be doing a little more this week. Maybe a little more scat protection this week. Maybe a little more flash and lightning protection this week. Probably more and more intermediate routes and attacking them down the field. Mm-hmm. Cincinnati's defense is much improved, um, creating turnovers and everything. So we got to be able to take care of the ball. But let's make all the plays we're supposed to make. A couple plays we're not supposed to make. Let's block well. Let's grade out well. Let's give this young kid an opportunity to play a good game. We know he's the backup, so it's going to become important, especially on third down, conversions down, that we give the offense that momentum to stay on the field. So those are the things. From Wednesday's practice, we got to hit the ground with a lot of confidence. Even if you don't like it, like the game plan, Randy, don't say nothing about it. Jake, don't say (laughs) nothing about it. We'll, We'll communicate amongst ourselves, but we won't have that negative energy on him. Mm -hmm. and we'll have a great wednesday thursday let's get on the plane fly um let's go a little more casual the weather's gonna be a little cold in cincinnati um i got a couple uh, people coming to the game so i'm spending money so i ain't trying to have no nonsense this weekend we need to put on a show out there boys we back in ohio this is where i'm from oh yeah it would go a lot like that to try to make him more comfortable with the surroundings and what we need to do
0: and and for our like you know like i said you got kj osborne you got justin jefferson you got tj hawkins in the tight end which mm-hmm. i feel like you know and you know there's a lot of backup quarterbacks as of late the tight ends become their guy he right the easy outlet he's the closest guy to him you know you know who that matchup is going to be his tight end versus a linebacker in the middle seam route middle yep. dig route or a stick route uh on third and four like your tight end is usually there six six big target big long arms but what are you as a receiver kind of telling Nick Mullins all week, every day in practice? Like, How much extra time are you going to try to sit with Nick Mullins uh, to, to try to make sure he knows where to go with the ball?
3: None, because okay. he's already going to have the pressure of thinking he needs to get me the ball anyway. I already know the game plan, 60 to 65% of it's going to be surrounding me and the things that I do. Then he's going to be like, hey, Chris, what do I need to do? I'll be like, nothing, man, don't worry. Today, my catch radius is going to be like this. It's going to be huge. You just get that thing somewhere out there, and and, and we're going to make it happen. Don't worry about me. Get other people involved in the game. I'm going to get mine. You know, I'm going to get open. And even if I'm not open, if you feel like that's where you want to go with it, don't worry about it. I'm going to protect the throat, and I'm going to make a few of those catches. But you need to function on the game plan and let the ball go where the ball is supposed to go based on coverage, blitz, and protection. All right. I'm going to eat no matter what.
0: Well, that'll do it for my uh, segment with Chris Carter. Coming up next, we got the daily three. That's three questions, three minutes each. We'll be back
2: after a word from our sponsors. And Locked On
0: Family, for the everydayers, you know we are on Sirius XM Radio. For the, anybody just tuning in is new to the Ron Johnson Show and Locked On Sports Minnesota, you can find us on the SXM app. Just go to any app market that you have, search SXM in the app, and you can get all of our videos, all of our shows. You can get all the Minnesota Vikings Locked On Sports network podcast as well as other locked on shows as well if you're a fan of the vikings but you also like the pistons or the lions or whatever just check out locked on if you like the jazz if you're like a walker kessler fan you can check out locked on jazz as well on the sxm app you might just want to keep up with rudy gobert's competition but either way check out the sxm app in the serious xm market just search sxm and then if you want to look for vikings just search vikings and you'll see all the vikings content that we have on there well, now it's time for the daily three. That's three questions about amenities today, because we went a little long with CC. Got to, got to get CC in there. But uh, take it away, Sam.
2: All right, let's talk NBA. Wolves—they can't win every game. They mm-hmm. go to New Orleans without Anthony Edwards, got that troublesome hip injury, and they fall by 14 points as the Pelicans pulled away in the fourth quarter. Zion got him 36 points for Zion. He was playing a little angry. People have been riding him the past couple of days. But uh, Wolves fall to 17-5, and still the best record in the NBA run.
0: Yeah, I mean, here's the thing. Without Anthony Edwards, when you look at the points, you know, the spread of the points. Mike Conley had to give you 17. Conley Towns had to give you 17. And then we're always talking about that extra guy because I know in the basketball party, you know, that's been our big thing is who is the extra guy? Who is the bench guy? And, you know, my guy was Naw, Nikhil Alexander-Walker. And he only gave you 17 points, like or seven, sorry, seven points. So when you think about that, Rudy Gobert giving you eight. You got Troy Brown Jr. coming in from Anthony Edwards giving you five. Now, we did have Jaden McDaniels, Nas Reed gave you 17. Shake Milton gave you 12. But there wasn't like a like 17, 17, 17 from three guys. That's great. But where's that 30-point guy? Where's that Carl Anthony Towns 30-pointer? Or that Rudy Gobert 25-pointer? Like, they needed that, or, or, or even 20 from Nas. Like they needed one more, like they needed one guy to really just jump out and go after it. And nobody did. Anthony Edwards probably is that guy or would have been that guy. But again, he's probably on some kind of pitch count or, you know, just low management with that hip to make sure, like, he doesn't overload it, doesn't get too sore, it hurt too bad. Because, you know, nagging, it can last longer than you want it. And then all of a sudden, you're, I mean, because when you're the number one team, not just the West, but in the league, gotta be careful with that so i, I think that's a big thing and then the pelicans you're right like they after losing to the lakers everybody talking about zion's weight the team you know now some phantom report from somebody within the facility saying we told him to lose weight and he said no like he's probably just like look dude i can play on this body uh y- y'all gotta chill out with this and so you know it, it probably was a little bit of that too just to get back the pissed offness when you see the lakers win it and the pelicans probably realize if they had won it they you know won that game they probably win the in season tournament um there's a lot behind that. But again, the Timberwolves, you can't win them all. They're still the number one team in the West. Um, if you were to say this is where they would be right now, I don't think anybody can play. The fact now that
2: we feel like they should win
0: every game shows how good they actually are.
2: Uh, we'll move on to the NFL and the Dallas Cowboys, who we touched on in segment one. Mm-hmm. They're now tied with the 49ers atop the NFC. Let yep. me read you some of the Cowboys' point totals at home this year 33, 41, 45. 49, 43, 38, 30. Those are all their point totals in home games this year. And if they get the one seed run, they're playing at home in the playoffs. Do you think the Cowboys are becoming the favorites in the NFC? Yeah, it, so
0: they are, but this is why. So if you look at the last. Five games. So December 10th, November 30th, November 23rd, November 19th, and then November 12th. Now, of course, it's the Giants. I mean, come on now. That was one of them. But they beat the beat the team. But in the last four games, the last four games, Sam, Dak Prescott, I don't know if you know this, zero interceptions in the last four games. That is absolutely, I mean, his passer rating 142 <laughs> versus the commander, Sam, 331 <laughs> yards, four touchdowns, zero interceptions. He had a one 42 he was 10 to 11 basis points off of a perfect perfect passer rating sam i think 153.8 or something is like the best you can be or was it 158.3 maybe it's 158.3 or 158.3 158.3 so he was 16 Mm -hmm. off sam of perfect perfection Mm -hmm. 30 331 yards four touchdowns that prescott playing at this level where he's not throwing interceptions where he's not making mistakes where he's getting out the ball. Two seventy-one. 299 331 like he threw for 400 yards sam against the giants 400 yards four touchdowns and one interception still had a 138 pass rating i mean three touchdowns against the eagles no interceptions 115 two interceptions against the eagles 271 like against the best those were the games where he was kind of like falling apart and then he would beat the teams he's supposed to beat and people like oh that's why Dakota's not the best like, he's, he's playing a good game. He's having a great season. And so the fact that he's playing this well, the defense is playing well as well, and they're doing this without Trayvon Diggs. That's what's even crazier about this. They're doing without Trayvon Diggs. They actually found another guy in Bland who is ridiculous right now with interceptions, return for touchdowns. Mm-hmm. But this team is just playing well together. And so, yeah, they, they are. Now, this was even crazier. Down the stretch in the NFC, you might not want the seventh seed because the 49ers could end up there like that's where you don't want to travel to is having to travel. So, I think people are praying that the 49ers keep winning and maybe the Cowboys lose one. Um because that's that's going to be the key to this. If the Lions somehow, think about this, if the Lions somehow can beat the Cowboys and push them down um to 2, mm-hmm. that's that's where people's like do that. Like put the Cowboys at 2. But if the Cowboys run through the Lions, they end up at 1 because the 49ers lose one more. I mean, it's this is the NFC year where like AFC is kind of like whatever. You know they. Who knows what's going on over there? Patrick Mahomes is crying. Every, but the, but this this Cowboys team is actually pretty good. And so that's what's scary is like you're now hoping for not the one or the two seed team to play. You're you're not even you don't even want to play the Eagles at five. You you want the Lions like you want to be that. I, mm-hmm. I think that's the best chance you have is getting the yes. Lions like right now in my opinion in the NFC. I don't know what are your thoughts Are the Cowboys. No, I
2: exactly right. Like I think the scariest scenario for the one seed. Is that your second game is against the Eagles, right? That that would be terrifying if you're Dallas or San Francisco having to play Correct. the Eagles in the divisional round. That's that's the worst. Um, two seed might be the sweet spot, even it though. Is. Like, but but again, you don't get the buy, so that's the the catch. Is that you'd you'd go into the Eagles game rested as a one seed, but it's also the Eagles.
0: But you, um, it's kind of a buy though, because think about the teams you could possibly get right now. If you're yeah. It's the Packers, the, the 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 Saints, the Bucks, the Seahawks, and the Rams. Like none of those five are scary. I think of those five personally, the scariest to me in the playoffs, if all healthy, is the Rams because of that offense. Like when you think about Puka Nakua and you think about what's his name, Cooper Cup. Um, <clears throat> also, the Seahawks, though I think those two, um, those two in the play, but the Falcons and the Saints. I think if there are two so you're like, yeah, I'd rather play the Falcons or the Saints right now. I don't I don't want to, you know, like I'll take that over a bye, and then I can skip over having to deal with the Eagles in the in that mm-hmm. next round. Like, that's that's what's crazy about this whole situation.
2: Yeah, that's a good point. Um, you did mention Patrick Mahomes a second ago. <coughs> Let, let's get your opinion on that. Kadarius Tony called off sides to wipe away an epic Travis Kelsey lateral for a touchdown, and the Chiefs lose to the Bills. That, that was the discussion all day yesterday. Was mm-hmm. Tony offside? Should they have called it? What do you think as a former receiver?
0: He was offside. He was. And and, and the, par- the problem is when we used to point, or not used to, we all still point, but when receivers point to the line, you're supposed to do it when you're set. <clears throat> you get set, you look over, you point. Kadarius Tony kind of did it arbitrarily because it's, it's ingrained. At this point in his career, he's been doing it since he was a kid. So you you run and you do the point, you line up. Well, the problem is the point is like, hey, am I good? And then he puts his hand down. If he puts his hand down, that means you're on. If he does this, that means you're off. And so Kadarius Tony does it and never looks over at the ref. Like he just does it arbitrarily and then lines up. You have to actually like watch. Where's his hand? If his hand is up, back, or is he telling me to back up? Because he'll, he'll, now, here's the thing. He doesn't have to tell you. That, that's what Andy Reid says, like, as a courtesy. He doesn't have to tell you to back up. Now, he can say, okay, back. But he does Never be sides. Always be. You you always have been taught <clears throat> be an extra yard back. Because then they'll tell you to move up a little bit. To get in the yard back is so nobody can jam you. That's why I understand why Kadarius Tony is too far constantly. Like, they showed it, like, five times where he did that. That, to yeah. me, is dumb. You always want to be back a little bit because you don't want to get jammed. You want space between you and the DBs. So I don't understand it. That's just being lackadaisical and not paying attention. But I don't know. What are your thoughts? I think Patrick Mahomes is wrong, though. You you just stay out of it. Your guy was wrong. He was wrong. Move on. Like, you can't say, like, well, normally they let us do this, and so now they're going to call it? Like, oh, man. That's like saying I've robbed five stores and I've gotten away with it, and then you get arrested on the last one. Like, what? You're wrong. Like, you're wrong. You just didn't get caught the first four times. Like, let it go. But what are your thoughts?
2: Yeah, no, I'm thinking of, I'm guessing you saw the Orlovsky breakdown. Orlovsky highlighted all the times that Tony was offside in the game. Yep. So, like, I don't have a lot of sympathy when he's constantly line-stepping, but the officials also not calling it before that moment. Correct. They look inconsistent. Correct. If he's been doing it all game, then the officials kind of look bad, too. I do think it's that you can't get upset if you're offside and they call it. But you can scratch your head at the inconsistency of it and say, "Well, okay, if you called it when you should have earlier, maybe we don't make that mistake again." Correct. So, but uh, again, Tony's made a bunch of mistakes this year too. Like those receivers keep shooting themselves in the foot for the Chiefs. So I don't feel too bad for them because they've just they've been making mistakes every single week.
0: Yeah, they have, and that's the thing with Kadarius Tony. Is you're right, Sam. Like I think the referees even it's, it's almost like the final exam. Like when it's just a normal, like day of school, they're not paying attention as much. But when that final exam, last play of the game, last drive of the game, they're doubting Cause they're like, okay, this is when it really matters. Let's pay attention guys. Where were you at for the first four quarters of the game or the first three quarters of the game? You know, but again, that's we're human nature, human nature, you did it too, Sam in school, first mm-hmm. three quarters of the, or first, whatever, three, you know, first half of the year, plus a little bit more first three quarters of school year. You're like whatever that fourth quarter of your school year. You're doing all your paperwork. You make sure everything's turned in. You're you're on time. You're trying to graduate, and that's what the referees were like. But at the end of the day, they're humans. We can't say why did you throw the flag earlier. They didn't. So you're lucky then. You just got screwed in the end, and it's Kadarius Tony's fault. But I'm Ron Johnson. That's Sam Exum. We want to thank you guys for joining us. That was Chris Carter. Make sure you guys go back if you have not heard all of the Chris Carter interview. It was great. Gave us a lot of nuggets about the NFL, also about Justin Jefferson's mindset and where he would be as a pro right now if he was playing in this locker room with the minnesota vikings i want to thank you guys remember 24 7 locked on sports minnesota on youtube just go to youtube subscribe to locked on sports minnesota you just need the email address and you can get 24 7 of our shows whether it's the ron johnson show locked on sports uh uh locked on wild wolves gophers it's all on the app on youtube make sure you guys download that again thank you have a great day